What's going on, guys? And welcome to episode, I think, five of B&D Sports Podcast. I'm Brady Miller, and for the first time, Derek's not sitting here beside me. But, Derek, how you doing today? We're doing good. We're doing good. Ready to talk some football. It's been a little bit since we were able to. Yep. We didn't get an episode out yesterday. You know, uh, with... Uh, just got too busy and stuff, so we didn't get to do it yesterday. So we're going <clears> to <throat> get some out, to, uh, at least either two or uh, two out tonight, and then maybe one out tomorrow, too. So we'll figure it out. But today we're going to be giving our takes on week eight and just previewing, uh, or I mean, uh, just looking back at what happened last week. So, Derek, I'll let you do yeah, do your first topic. All right. This is a pretty good week for football. Honestly, there's a lot of good games. But um, my first topic that I want to talk about is the Dolphins team. So I've seen a stat that their team is number one, their defense is number one in points allowed. In points allowed? Yes. As of right now, that is crazy. If you look at that team, all their young, you know, all that young talent and young head coach, and I, I've always liked Brian Flores from the start. But yeah, he's he's really showing what that team is capable of. He if he can get a deep or an offense going, that team could potentially be easily the best team in that division, especially with the way the Patriots and then you still have the you know the Jets. Yeah, uh, I actually had the Dolphins' defense as one of my topics tonight. Uh, you know, their game on Sunday was – it was like they had a special teams touchdown and they had a defensive touchdown. They played a really good game defensively. Yep. And, <clears throat> and you put that back to – like I guess we can, we can combine the topics again like we did last week. Uh, but you put that back to coaching. That's yeah. that's getting everybody involved. That's getting everybody ready and prepared, and being detailed about what you're doing. And and Brian Flores is from the Bill Belichick coaching staff, so like, that's what you're gonna see out of those coaches that come out of that. They're gonna they're gonna be detailed. They're gonna want your players in the right spot at the right time. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be great. All you gotta do is do your job. If you're for the most part the right spot at the right time when you're supposed to be there. You make that tack or you make that pass, you know, bad a pass or, or whatever it is, you keep stacking up those little things that you do throughout your defense, even offense, you will be a contending team by the end of the year. Like that's how Bill Belichick coaches his teams and that's how a guy like Brian Flores coaches his his teams is detail, detail, detail. Yeah, I didn't really – another thing about the Dolphins is I didn't really look up the stats of uh, Tua on Sunday, but I knew – I know he threw for under 100 yards. I think it was like 97, I think. Uh-huh. And part of that is, like, he really – again, I didn't uh, look at the stats much, but he didn't need to do much. No. Nope. And, but he – you know, you, you expect that out of a rookie, like, you know. And we, it was his first game off an injury, you know. I mean, he yeah. played that little bit at the end of that one game, but it was barely anything, so. 
Yeah, so you you expected that a little bit, but um, we're just we're just so used to seeing what Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are doing right now. We're thinking two is going to come in here and do the same thing. Well, good chance Flores don't even want him to come in there and start throwing forty times a game. Yeah, especially after that injury that he had. Yeah. So mm. what what bothers me a little bit about the Dolphins now is is their Gaskin, their you know that running back nobody knew about. Uh, he is out for I think at least three weeks now. And like I wonder, like I'm, I'm you know they still got Matt Breida and they still got Jordan Howard, but that was part of what they did is they took this guy that nobody knew about and, and turned him into something. Now now I'm curious to see what they're what they're gonna do with Tua starting and now you got your best running back hurt. How is that going to affect the offense? Are you going to be as be able to do everything you've been doing up to this point? Um, uh, is Matt Breida hurt, or is he going to be the starting running back now? I, I don't think he's hurt, but uh, he he him and Jordan Howard really didn't have uh, haven't been getting as many touches as as uh, Miles Gaskin. He was by far their best running back, most most yards per per touch, most touchdowns. Like he's been their guy. Yeah. All right, is that it? Is that all you had? That would be it for my first topic. All right, so my topic, my first topic is, again, that was kind of both of our topics in one take, I guess, because I had the Dolphins defense as one of mine. But um, for my next topic, I'm going to talk about Daniel Jones a little bit. And that game that they played against the Bucs. So, yep. <clears throat> I'm not – did he have three interceptions or just two? I'm pretty sure he had three. Right? I'm not even sure offhand, but, yeah, he had two really bad ones. Yeah, like that one, he was under pressure. Like, he throws one or one pick less in that game, they, they might have won the game. Yep. And it's just the, it's just the fact that he does it week after week – is what keeps bringing me to doubting him. But other than those picks, he seemed like he was pretty good. Like, he had some nice throws and stuff. Yep. But when he's under pressure, he just seems to try to do too much, and it ends in turnovers. Yep. No, look at look at what he does as far as throughout the game. Like, if you watch the beginning of the game, you're thinking, man, this, this dude is balling out. He's making some tight throws. Yeah, he missed some deep shots and stuff, but every quarterback is going to miss a few of those. And you just thought, you know, he's going to hit one of these in a, in a little bit. And they go into the half, what what was it, 17-3, 17-6 maybe, or 14-6? Something like that. So it, it was like game. I'm pretty sure it was like a two-score game. I can't even remember, but it was like nobody's seeing this coming. The Giants are beating up on the Bucks, And you're thinking all Daniel Jones has got to do is not turn the ball over. His first drive of the third quarter, he throws a bad interception. Like, you cannot give a guy like Tom Brady those kind of opportunities. Yeah, what sucks about that first interception is he had a wide open touchdown pass. Yep. I mean, yeah. If he would just, he would just look to the left side of the field, he would have saw a guy wide open for a touchdown. Yep. And I was like, Daniel, come on. Yeah. Because I was going for the Giants in that game. I didn't really have a dog in fight in that one, but yeah, it was 
I, I, I root for the underdog, and they were definitely the underdog. I was thinking, man, this uh, all you got to do is, is not turn the ball over, and your defense was playing lights out against a good Buccaneers offense. Like, yeah, let me let me ask you a question though. You think that uh, on that last throw of the game, you think it was pass interference or no? Um, yes and no. I guess it's it's weird because in slow mo, it definitely was. You know what I'm saying? But in yeah, in real speed, it in didn't real really speed, look at- it it really didn't it didn't look like it. Yeah, and I mean he he throws that ball earlier. It's a touchdown, and they win, or in, and they have a chance to win. So yeah, all he needs to do is throw it earlier. But yeah, you know, the, the thing the thing I didn't like about that was that they threw the flag and then they picked it up. You know, yeah, you know what I'm saying obviously they seen some contact there, and then they threw the flag, and I I don't like you know picking that up. I. I'd rather be safe than sorry if I was them and be like, you know what? Let's call this and ball don't lie. No. Yeah, may, maybe <laughs> that, maybe be... Tom Brady slipped them a, a a few hundreds each ref a few hundreds. You don't know. Yeah. Well, my thing my thing would you know, being a ref, what I would start doing is um, I'd be telling players like, ball don't lie. I'm gonna throw this flag and whatever whatever happens on the next play, ball don't lie. I, yeah. I made the wrong call. Make the right play. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. Um, I know exactly what you're saying. But no, it it should have never came down to that. And if Daniel Jones don't throw those those two interceptions, it would have never came down to that. Yeah, I agree. But yeah. all right, that wraps my that topic up. Okay, so for my second is. Right now, would you take the Steelers or the Chiefs to get to make it to the Super Bowl out of the AFC? Uh, it's question. interesting. I just before the podcast, I was watching some Colin Coward, uh, and he did his earlier today he did his uh his playoff predictions, and for like halfway through the season, he thinks that you can't really make your playoff predictions till at least halfway. Uh-huh. And right now, he had he had the Steelers and the Chiefs in the AFC uh, championship game, and he had the Chiefs winning. And here's the thing: I would take the Chiefs strictly because the Steelers like to keep it close in most games. Like you saw the Titans game where they were up twenty-seven to three, I think, or something like that, and. What the Titan, what the Steelers let the Titans do? They let them come all the way back. You look at the Ravens game last week. The Ravens should have won that game, which is actually my next topic is about that Ravens game. So I'll save that for then. But I would take the Chiefs just because I think the Chiefs, like the Steelers, I mean the Chiefs have a really good defense too. Mm-hmm. Like they have a top five defense and top ten defense, whatever it is. But I just don't trust Big Ben in that offense. Yeah. And that defense, Mahomes can cook every, anybody up. So he, he can blow anybody out. So. I mean, I, I agree with you. 
but I don't agree with you. I feel like what, you put. What does that mean, Derek? So, huh? So huh? What I see as a as a Chiefs, and I've seen it quite a bit this year, is they'll be third and ten, third and eleven, third and fourteen, and they're still going to convert on that because Patrick Mahomes has a laser for an arm. But against the Steelers defense, you can't, you don't have that kind of time. They have three guys in the top five in sacks. That's crazy. Yes. T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, and two. Yes, or, all tied. Yeah, I think T.J. Watt's got like six and a half, and then the other two have six. Like these dudes are getting after the quarterback, and then you still got Joe Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick over the top. You're 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 playing defense as a as a group better than anybody else in the league, as far as being able to get after the quarterback and then still cover the ball, cover the pass. Like it's. It's so awesome to see it. I feel like, yeah, it would be it would be one of them games, you know, where you could say, "Yep, the Chiefs would blow them out," or you get you get the Chiefs. The, the uh, look at what the Raiders did. They got up early on them and made them one dimensional do one thing, and that was try to throw the ball, and they could not beat them. If any, yeah, if I get that. To, but I just, if anybody else is going to be able to do that in the league, it's going to be the uh, the Steelers. I just think, if anything, I think Big Ben's going to cost them that game. If it comes to that, I think Big Ben's going to be the one that costs them. You're hating on Big I, Ben, man. Yes, I am hating on Big Ben. Quit hating on the old dude. I love seeing these old dudes play quarterback. Yeah, they should they should trade him to the Dolphins for Ryan Fitzpatrick. All right. right. That would be it for my second topic. All right. So, my next topic is how Lamar Jackson is struggling this year. He had four turnovers, I think. Here, let me check real quick. Yeah, four turnovers, and he had a pick six. So, I feel like if Lamar Jackson would have, like, Lamar Jackson's part of the reason that they lost that game, I feel. Yep. I, I get they were playing, or actually most of the reason, because if he wouldn't have, that's four, four turnovers is quite a bit. That's four drives that, you know, got away from him because of turnovers, you know. And I saw, I'm not sure if you watched the end of that game, but the end of that game, on the last play, they had a chance to go score a touchdown to win it or something like that. But on the last play, he threw it. was a nice throw and stuff, but he threw it in triple coverage to where Willie Sneed could not make a play on the ball. Yeah, I've seen that. I, I would have wanted to see him extend the play a little bit more. He's at Yeah, he's like, don't just. Enough. He could have he played a little bit longer. Yeah, like, it was a nice throw and stuff, you know. It's where the ball needed to be, but... You can't throw to a guy, especially a guy with a sneed who's not a grade A receiver. You know, I could maybe understand a little more if you'd be DeAndre Hopkins, Julio, but even then, like, 
ninety percent of the time they won't even make that catch in triple coverage because he got popped. Well, that, that's just it. He didn't. He didn't really have a chance, no matter where the ball was thrown. Like Dude, it, he got hit hard on that play. That's why. That's it's why like, you extend the play. That's why Aaron Rodgers does the way Aaron Rodgers does late in the games. That's why Tom Brady does the way he does. You extend just a little bit and you get. Like you. if you think, you have to think back to that uh, Steelers Cardinals Super Bowl on that Antonio Holmes touchdown. Yeah. You saw Ben Rothsker moving around and stuff and found Centennial Holmes for in back the end zone for a touchdown to win that or to basically win that game. So yeah. it's what you have to do, especially for how athletic he is. He should not have just made that quick of a decision, I think, and stuff to I think he's the reason that they lost that game and I think his people have figured him out. They find found a way to stop him and He's not having near as good a year as he did last year. <clears throat> nope, I can I can say that because I have him on my fantasy team. And, huh, you're I, you're I, expecting I, last year's numbers or what? I mean a little bit, but whatever whatever defenses are doing to him this year, and I noticed one thing that they're doing is they're uh, they're putting a spy on him at all times. It seems like there's always one guy, but I do I do feel like that he's. I don't know. I don't feel like he's explosive. I think he's trying to do too much with the, with his arm right now. Not he's not doing enough with his legs. Like you know, as a quarterback, any quarterback can can run for a couple of yards. But as yeah. a quarterback, you have to pick and choose when you run to be efficient as a runner. And mm-hmm. he's. I don't feel like he's doing as good a job this year. One of the things, like obviously, Trubisky's not even playing for the Bears, but. Trubisky was when in his first and second season was doing so good. His rookie and second year was doing so good at picking and choosing when he runs the ball that it made the defense very nervous. And this dude wasn't known to be a Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson can get to the point where he's not being predictable running the ball, and part of that is coaching too. Part of that is your game plan. But if some of the lanes that, that that some of these other guys can create by picking and choosing the right time, Aaron Rodgers does it all the time. Picking and choosing the right time to run, and it gives you 10, 15 yards. Well, Lamar Jackson makes that 20, 30 yards. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like right now he's just, like, doing too much with his arm. He's, he's being a little bit like Daniel Jones and trying to win the game on every play. You can't do that. And, yeah, I, I don't know that the defenses have figured them out, but so far it, it looks like they, they're doing something right, obviously. Yeah. I, I think that wraps it up for that topic. Yeah, man, there's no – there's no – All right, so for my next topic is the Brown – or Broncos comeback in the fourth quarter. Okay. Um, I didn't watch this whole game, but the, the early part of this game, I was thinking, man, this this Broncos team is really not that good. Drew Locke really is not that good. And there's just not a whole lot there. Like, their defense at times plays good. That's, that's what I was thinking. I was like, you're letting a rookie quarterback come in here and show up, you know, Drew Locke and that defense that, that supposedly is supposed to be one of your better defense in the league. And 
yeah, quit watching the game. And later on, when my buddy's like, you see the Broncos won, I was like, how is that even possible? Um, but when you're coached the right way and when your guys are, are, are prepared for those types of situations, and, yeah, if you're mentally ready for that kind of stuff, then, yeah, you can, you can no matter what, what anybody thinks of your team, mentally prepared and coached the right way, you will be able to make make those kind of comebacks. And Drew Locke did not have a bad game. His completion percentage was a little bit off, but ended up throwing three touchdowns, one interception, and he did it all without Cortland Sutton, his starting, you know, their best receiver. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with that. Even though it's against a not-so-good Chargers team, they have a lot of work to do. I feel like they're, they're one of those teams that will be really good the next couple of years. But – yeah, I feel like that's that's a really good win for the for the uh, Broncos. Um, everybody expected them to to at least be contending for a spot in the you know like the seventh seed in the playoffs this year, and they really haven't looked like that. Well, but they've this, been kind of riddled with injuries too. So yeah, but this is this is where you start. You know, when you start being able to win games like this, then you can you can start saying, okay, this is what we can do. This is this is how far we can go, and you can start you can start getting ready for some of these tight games that that hopefully they could start pulling out now and and winning these close games. Yeah, I was shocked with that game. I really thought the Chargers were going to pull it out, and I was just I just didn't see much of a see much of a offense like. I didn't just didn't think the Broncos offense was good enough for them to win that game, especially with how Herbert is. No, that, that's sort of where I was too. It's just, I didn't see it happening. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously they made, they made Herbert make a couple mistakes and that's what you got to do. You got to, you got to take advantage of a young quarterback and you got to make him make. That's exactly what they did. And, and yeah, you got to, Tip your hat to the Broncos. You don't. There's not a lot of teams that'll do that. And and yeah, 2020 is a weird, it's a weird football season. It seems like there's a lot of comebacks like these where you think it's over and boom, next thing you know, it ain't over. Yeah, yeah I agree. I just, you know, that was one of the games where we picked the Chargers to win, and just. For our listeners out there, for a future episode, just know that our picks this week were not the best. We're looking like the Jets this week. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. All right. Does that wrap it up for that subject? Yeah, that's, that's it for that one. All right. Uh, my next one is Dalvin Cook and how he torched the Packers. You know, he had... 163 rushing yards, three touchdowns, 63 receiving yards, and another touchdown. You know, he might be, you know, I'm still going with my boy Henry, but I have him as the runner-up and the leading rusher this year. So, he just had an insane game on Sunday, you know. With the Henry thing, it may be a little biased, but, you know, like uh, Sunday against the Bengals, I'm pretty sure, was the first time. That Derrick Henry ran for over a hundred yards and they lost. So, yeah, I hated that's, seeing that streak come to an end. Yeah, I know it's it's kind of sad, but now that's a whole different topic. But 
I just, mm, you know, Dalvin Cook is that offense. Like they, they that offense is completely different without him out with him out. So yep. it, I, and I love the guy and I'm happy that he's doing good. You know, he's been kind of riddled with injuries throughout his whole career, but happy he's back because he missed a couple weeks and he was leading right. Like he torched the Titans defense in the game that they played against him. So against the Titans. So, yeah. Yep. Nope. Uh, I looked at, like, obviously, that game makes me super happy. And what Dalvin Cook in that game makes me super happy. Because the Bears and the Packers are top of the top of the board. Well, the Bears are still down because they still can't win. But point is, anytime someone beats the Packers, you, you're going to, you know, you're going to root for that team that's playing against the Packers. Um, not saying I don't love some of the Packers players. That's just. That's just the way I am. But um, no, it was it was it was a weird game. You had your top scorer on offense for the Packers was De- Devontae Adams with three touchdowns, and then you had Dalvin Cook with four touchdowns. Those were your two players scoring touchdowns for the Packers and the Vikings. Um, yeah. One thing I'll say is so. This game showed exactly why people are so high on Dalvin Cook. The dude can run the ball as good as anybody. He's explosive as explosive as anybody. And can you He's got that. Go ahead, you can go what what you're saying. Can you imagine him with a with a real quarterback, not Kirk Cousins? Yeah, I know, right? right? Like <clears throat> that offense would be like Kirk Cousins is the type of quarterback I think that, you know, he has his good good games and he has his bad games like any other quarterback, but I just don't see him as an elite quarterback. I, I don't either. I'm, I'm with you there. Um, it's just, I, I look at that and I see I see Dalvin Cook, you know, what do, what do you have, like 200 and some scrimmage yards? Uh, something like that. I, I, I didn't look up all his stats. I just looked up uh, the – those were just his yardage numbers. I'm not sure yeah. what he had. Access. I know he had like 190-some 100, uh, rushing yards or 180 rushing yards, and then he had like a 50-yard screen pass for a touchdown. Like he had, he had well over two – Oh, wait, wait, wait. I can do quick maths here. Uh, two or 190 – wait, what's 63 plus 63? I'm not good at math. <laughs> what? 126? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yep. Yeah, so he had 226 scrimmage yards, something like that. No, he had 126 scrimmage yards. No, he had more than that. Okay, so he had 163 yards rushing and 63 yards receiving. Yeah, that sounds about right. So I'm not sure what that Look, it doesn't matter. Don't expect me to be good at math, okay? Because I'm not. I, I don't even care. It doesn't matter. He had over 200 yards, uh, scrimmage yards, and he carried that offense in, in a in a game where nobody picked picked the Vikings. Like, and there again, um, they clamped down some things on defense. The Vikings did, and then and then Aaron Rodgers couldn't throw it to anybody besides Devontae Adams. So if you take Devontae Adams out of the game, that's when they're struggling. Obviously, they're without Aaron Jones, and I'm sure that hurt him more a lot too. 
Um, but it's by the way, it's two twenty six. That was his total. Two twenty six was his total. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't go on with the episode without getting that out there. Okay. <laughs> uh, but no, love seeing it, and I feel like yeah, he could be one of them guys, sort of like Derrick Henry, that that leads an offense. And all you need is, is a quarterback who's consistently going to go out there and ball for you. And I feel like yeah, one, thing, one thing Derrick Henry has that Dalvin Cook doesn't is that quarterback. Ryan Tannehill's been able to do it so far. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is Ryan Tannehill, you know, I brought up the stat in like the first episode or something like that, that he's better at the start of the year. He's better than uh, Mahomes and Jackson in their last 14 so games, whatever it was. And, that thing is, is he's just consistent, you know, mm-hmm. you know, he hits those, he's accurate and he's consistent and stuff. So that's one thing Henry has over Cook. Yep. All right. I think that wraps it up for that one. Okay. So my fourth one is, I don't think anybody saw that Raiders Browns game going the way it did. Oh, I I know I didn't. I thought that the Browns, you know, we're gonna we're gonna even without Odell, we're gonna make it a lot closer. I know it wasn't even a high scoring game. What was it like, fourteen or something to six? So the weird thing about this game is you had Derek Carr go fifteen of twenty four, hundred and eleven yards and a touchdown. Then you had Baker Mayfield go 15 to 25, 122 yards, zero touchdowns. And you're saying, well, there's got to be a lot of rushing yards. Well, from the Raiders, yes, but there's a little bit over 100 from the um, from the Browns. And the Raiders put up a little over 200 yards. Obviously, uh, Brandon Jacobs had a big game. Not Brandon Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Is it Brandon Jacobs? Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Thinking of Giants, Brandon Jacobs, yeah. yeah. Josh Jacobs. Yeah, uh, so for you, all of you that are listening, if this episode's kind of choppy, it's because we have to, we had to re-record like three different parts of this because of internet connection. So if it's, it sounds a little bit choppy, that's maybe why. But <clears throat> anyhow, Derek, go on with your uh, Raiders game? Uh, yeah, as I was saying, like, the Raiders and, you know, with that game, I thought, you know, both teams had some, some moments where they're really explosive offenses, and you didn't really see that. You've seen a lot of running. you only seen combined 100 and, or 230, uh, 33 yards out of the quarterbacks. Like, that's, that's not, you know, that's not what anybody expects to see. I mean, I like seeing teams run the ball and stuff. Don't don't get yourself. But that was like an old school, hard nose. Yeah, but if you look at the Titans against, was it either the Texans? I think it was against the Texans. Mm-hmm. Where Henry had over 200 yard rushing and uh, Tannehill had over 300 yards passing. I mean, I get it's different, but like you can do both. You can, but not every team has Derrick Henry and Tannehill. True. I I know my team's got a pretty good duo back there, but you know, I what, can always what, fit them in to a what, few 
What happened to him, though? You know, they picked up... Well, actually, you know what? Save it, because that's my next topic. Oh. So, just but yeah, keep was, going on with what you were saying. <laughs> it was just sort of nice to see this this Browns-Raiders game be a little different than, you know, just throwing the ball 40 million times per quarterback. And, and you like seeing that. You like seeing teams being able to just run a ball down someone's throat, grind some clock out and yeah ultimately the Raiders uh with Josh Josh Jacobs had the had the better game plan had the better defense and like I said Baker Mayfield is just too inconsistent you can't I feel like you can't rely on him and that that showed in yeah this, this week's game so having Nick Chubb out is hurting them I think yeah like it's, a lot. yep especially in a game like that yeah you know the Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb duo is real good when they're both in there, you know. Like, you don't know who's getting the ball. Like, I've seen them in, like, two back sets already where you just – either one that it goes to, you know there's a chance for it to go for a long ways. So. Yep. Got two number one receivers – or, I mean, running backs. All right. I think – is that all you had on that one? Yeah, that's all I have on that one. All right. Well, my last one. I don't want to talk about the Titans, you know, of course, you know, got to fit them into every episode, seems like, but, you know, they lost that game because of their defense. I get Tannehill had a bad pick and stuff, but if you look at that game, I'm not sure if you saw the play where Clowney had a free hole to Burrow and he had, we basically gave him a hug. And Burrow got away. Mm-hmm. Like, what even is that? But I think the pass rush was getting there. See, for weeks people were saying it's the Titans' pass rush that's messing that defense up. But what is the problem? What was the problem with that defense? And still might be for you know maybe a couple weeks. But was Jonathan Joseph, and they released him uh, yesterday or earlier today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was yesterday. And you could see, if you watch the highlights of that game, whenever Jonathan Joseph was on the f- field, they were picking on him. Because he plays so far back. You saw it on the Steelers game, too. He plays so far back on the, uh, on the receivers because he knows he's not fast enough to recover with these young guys. Yep. And he stays so far back that – He's scared they're going to burn him over top, but he plays so far back that they catch these little slant routes or whatever. And you saw it in the Steelers game on that one touchdown catch that Deontay Johnson had. His little slant, and he stopped and went, got around him. He's mm-hmm. playing so far off that when he caught the slant, he just did a little curl and had an easy touchdown. Yep. Didn't even have a chance to make a tackle. Like, yeah. Yeah. And they got rid of him and Vic Beasley. Vic Beasley, I was kind of surprised by. You know, it's kind of, it's a waste of $9 million. But he just wasn't performing to how he was supposed to. And it kind of sucks that they got rid of Kamala Correa now because they traded him to the Jags, I think. Mm-hmm. And he was complaining about not getting any playing time, as much playing time. But, you know, Beasley's gone now, so. Didn't they sign Desmond King as well? Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. Like, Okay, so Adoree Jackson's been out all year. And 
if he doesn't come back this week, he'll be out for the rest of the season, which I think that the Titans are going to bring him back and activate him. Which, even if he isn't doesn't play, like at least activate him so he's not gone for the rest of the year. You know, mm-hmm. you can keep him on the sideline as much as you want. But if he doesn't come back, that's uh, quite a rough spot because Desmond King probably isn't going to play this week because I think the earliest they can get him in the, the facility is Saturday. But you never know. There's a chance that he might get, get in earlier than that and be able to play a Sunday. But that, I think that's going to help their defense a lot because since 2018, he's him, Casey Hayward, and Stephon Gilmore, him being at the top are the highest-rated cornerbacks. So in, that, that should be a really good signing for him if he can play anywhere close to that level. Yeah. See, if Odori comes back this week, against like I don't think he'll play I think Adoria might play against the Bears but I don't think Desmond King will so the next game is the Thursday night game against Colts if Adoria comes back this week Desmond King will be able to play against the Colts and it'll be Desmond King Malcolm Butler and Adoria and that will help their defense so much because mm-hmm. like I was saying that against the Bengals their pass rush is getting there regardless like you know they couldn't take him down and stuff. Their pass rush was getting there. It's just that whenever he was out there, like, you could tell on so many third downs when they did those uh, you know, sideline kind of fades, they always went to Jonathan Joseph's side. Yep. And I just think they got rid of uh, that's part of the reason they were, their defense is so bad this year. And that's, I think that's part of the reason they're the highest in third down conversion percentage too. Yep. Nope. That was the that was the main thing I I didn't like how the Titans the last few weeks is on defense they're allowing I don't even know what the stat is I'm literally going off the top of my head but it's it's over seventy or it's like sixty something percent I think of third third down percentage yeah which is which just blows my mind and these aren't it's even, the highest since nineteen eighty or something like that yeah that is terrible that means your pass rush pass rush ain't getting there quick enough that means you're not covering anybody and so if you're not doing either one of those things what are you doing on defense um i forget which game it was but uh it was either the texans i think it was the texans game or even the i actually i think it's the jaguars game where Clowney had unfree like he got through free like no one blocked him but the secondary was so bad because they had Chris Jackson, a seventh-round rookie out there, and Jonathan Joseph. Their best corner was Malcolm Butler. And don't get me wrong, Malcolm Butler has his struggles, but he's plays pretty – he fights with the receiver. You know, he presses them, and he's like – he trusts his abilities, yeah. and Jonathan Joseph didn't. And, you know, you had that seventh-round rookie. And, anyhow, so on that unblocked play Jadamian Clowney had, like, he couldn't even get there fast enough because the ball had already left Minshew's hands. Like, that wasn't the defensive line's fault. That was the defensive back's fault. And I think that with Desmond, the Desmond King signing and if Adore comes back, you know, really help their defense. Yep, I agree. Uh, but, you know, it, there, there's there's a little bit that worries me about the Titans right now. And, I, and 
last two weeks they got off to slow starts on offense, and that's what that's what bothers me. They're not one of them teams that can come from behind and win a game. They haven't proved. Uh, no, Derek, you did see they're a few away from the st- going into overtime and with the Steelers. They were, but they they didn't. Yeah, but that's Kostowski's fault. He misses one more kick. He's getting booted. <laughs> Uh, I, all I'm saying is both of those games, both of their losses so far this year have come from slow starts on offense. That's a lack of being able to get out of that hole. So that means they're a team that right now, I'm not saying in the future, but right now they're a team that has to get out to this hot start. In order but to I don't games. think that's true, Derek, because if you look at back at their first five wins, week one against the Broncos came back. Week two against the Jags came like it was a close game. The Broncos uh, was a close game the too. Vikings. They come back. That was a close game. Huh? That was. I'm not saying coming back from seven points. I'm saying. I'm saying. Yeah, but if you look at all their wins, most of their wins this year, they came especially in the first five weeks. The first game where they didn't come back from behind was the Bills one, where they blew them out. Yeah, I'm not. But you got to remember Brady. You got to remember Brady. I'm not talking about. In every one of those games, they were neck and neck with him most of the game. Correct? Uh, yes. Okay, sure. Steelers, 24-27-7. And they came back. They didn't, they didn't, it was, they didn't it win. It was 27-3 at halftime, They didn't Gary. win. 27-3. Okay, but that's Gostowski's fault. It's not Gostowski's fault. That's, they didn't win. How is it not Gostowski's fault? I get there is other problems with the field uh, in the in the game. So was okay, it, was it... but if Gostowski makes that field goal, the Titans, even Con Coward said, in overtime he likes the Titans to win, regardless of who gets ball first. I don't he likes care. The Titans to win. He didn't make the kick win. I'm not. I'm not trying to like. And then last week it was the same thing. You got down seventeen to whatever it was. And you couldn't come back from it. They they only scored twenty points. That's isn't that the lowest they've scored this year yet? Mm, no, I think the Broncos game was, was lower. It? Either way. Yeah, because the Broncos game sucked though. That game didn't end until one o'clock. Do what? I said that Broncos game sucked. Why? Uh, it's just an all-around bad experience for me. You know, Gostowski missed like four field um. goals. Game didn't end until one o'clock. I forgot about yeah, that. That's what. So yeah. Um. Point is, I don't even remember where, where I was getting with this, but oh, but that was like. Yeah, I made week. so many. I made so many good points that you just lost your train no. of thought. That now you don't want to make your points. No, my you know? point. My point is, the two games they've lost this year, they've been down by double digit figures, double digits. They were down double digits in the in other not, games too. Not first, not right off the bat, is what I'm telling you. I still don't get why you don't how you don't think Gostowski is the reason for the loss against Steelers. They had other chances. Their defense, I played, like, I guess they their got defense down. played like crap in the first half. Not you gave, in the second you gave half. gave up 27 points in the first half. Yeah, but look at the second half. What was the final score? 24-27. Yeah, you didn't score 27 points. Because of Gostowski. 
you shouldn't have you shouldn't have given up twenty seven points in the first half. Have you seen the Titans defense all year except for that Bills yep. game? 30, 30 plus against the Vikings, thirty plus the Texans, uh thirty plus against the well, Steelers didn't, I guess, but basically they scored twenty seven in one half. Exactly. Thirty against so, the, the Bengals. I mean, it's not a good defense. How can you say their offense is at fault if their offense is what won them all those? I'm not games? saying their offense is at fault. What I'm what I'm saying is when they're down early by more than ten points, that's when they're struggling. They, they you can have your they own can opinion. they can, can keep can up they opinion. can contend in every game if they're neck and neck, and they even contended in in uh, that Steelers game. Nobody thought they would. I'm I'm impressed with the way they came back from that Steelers game. I'm not taking any, anything away. But look at look at the uh, the Vikings game. They were down at one point after having the lead. It was a close game throughout. The uh, the Texans game, same thing. They had the lead, very confident. Texans make a run, come back, and then they actually took the lead, and the Titans still found a way to win. But in the last two games, they started out those games, and they were they looked like crap. The start of those games, they looked like garbage. Defensively and offensively, that's what you can't have. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, you know, really our first real debate on here, and you know, that's kind of you have your take, I have mine. Yep. All right, is that it for yours? Last topic. Yeah, that's it for mine. We did my Dolphins oh, topic yeah. with yep. yours. So I know I've done it before, but I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to talk about it. Good old Tom Brady. Ooh, Tom Brady. You know, he has a cool name. <laughs> All right. All right. Anyway, so Tom Brady yesterday or Monday night at some point went to the sideline and took his helmet and decided he's going to beat the ever-living snot out of whatever was on the top of his helmet out of frustration. Yeah, I saw it. The dude is 40-plus years old. Still, and I cannot get over this, still probably the most competitive guy in the NFL. Off the, off the top Dude, of your it's... head, what do you think his stats are by now, without looking at your phone, without looking at anything? Off the top of your head. I have no clue, but if you want me to make guess, oh, I don't want to look like an idiot and just go way overboard. Are you saying like yards? And touchdowns I'm talking about touchdown interception ratio mostly. All right. Mm, Fifteen and three. Twenty and four. Jeez, I did not think he was that high up there. He is like tied for third or at third place in most touchdowns. Uh, even the MVP right now, and Russell Wilson has more interceptions than him. I think Russell Wilson's at twenty six and six, and then you have Patrick Mahomes at like twenty one or twenty and one, and now him. But but the dude's like at sixty seven completion percentage. He's at like twenty four, twenty seven hundred yards, something like that. And it just he's forty two years old, and like they shouldn't even competed in that game. Like in all reality, their offense did not play very good in this game Monday night. And yeah. And he probably let his guys yeah, know. Yeah, he too. did. 
And the thing is, though, when you give a guy like Tom Brady, like we were talking earlier, when Daniel Jones makes those bad turnovers and you give a guy like Tom Brady enough chances, he will beat you. He's a veteran quarterback. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Arguably the greatest quarterback, in my opinion, of all time. And you continue to give them chances like that with their weapons. You're going to love seeing this dude, 42 years old, coming out here. I mean, the dude was pissed. He was taking his helmet and trying to bust, you know. I got a question for you, Derek. Okay, so Patrick Mahomes wins seven Super Bowls. Is he the greatest quarterback of all time? If he does what? Win seven Super Bowls. Well, yeah. Or actually, no. Say the same amount as Tom Brady, six Super Bowls. It depends. Because he kind of does the same thing, you know. He makes uh, – and he has a step on him in athleticism, obviously. But you're, ta- you're, but, you're talking uh, about right now in his career, yeah. The dude is more talented. The dude's got a better arm. And, yeah, he's, he's already okay, got but like, I'm saying, like, one thing that – one thing that always intrigued me with Tom Brady is like how he makes everybody around him so much better, you know. And I guess we don't really know that now because he Patrick Holmes got like the Legion of Zoom on his side. You know, he's got Cole Hardman, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, and a great running back core. Mm-hmm. And he's got better receivers than Tom Brady's ever had in his career. So we'll see and, in a couple of years when you know the Chiefs can't pay all until this year. Tom Brady's got some pre- pretty good receivers on his team this year. Yeah, and AB's coming back this coming yeah. this week. So, but but go ahead. so what I'm saying is with with Patrick Mahomes, yeah, right now you would give him the edge going head to head with Tom Brady. Right now you give him the edge, but as far as greatest of all time. Look at everything Tom Brady's done in his career. He had a 16-0 and team, one win away from winning everything. He won preseason games. I mean, that wasn't really him, but they went 4-0 in the preseason that year, right? I, uh, I have no idea, but, like. At least that's what I heard. That might not be true. Don't take my word for actually, it. Actually, I, I think they went 0-4 in the preseason, to be honest with you. Oh, okay. Because I know, because I, I know, like here, the Lions when the Lions went o, went zero and sixteen, they were four and zero in the preseason. Funny yeah. how that works. But like Tom Brady's done so much, and right now him and Drew Brees are battling it out for the most touchdown passes of all time. They just keep extending it, you know, fighting with each other. Um, I think. I think Tom Brady's going to win that battle strictly because I know pretty much for a fact that this is Drew Brees last yeah. year, and whereas I don't think it's Tom Brady's. Depending on what happens, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see Tom Brady, if he would win a Super Bowl, sit down. You I, think? I, would, I, would, I think he's I would still. Be because you, you done proved your point now. I can go to a different team. I can still win a Super Bowl, you know. But, True. I see that. Um, no, I, I just I just love seeing how this dude just every week though he just continues to do something that just impresses you and like you know, like uh Peyton Manning, you could tell when, when he hit that forty that year old mark 
he was done. Mm-hmm. Like his arm strength was gone or whatever it was. He retired. I don't even remember how old he was, but you could tell the dude's arm strength was completely different. Like Tom Brady doesn't look like that. I don't know what Tom Brady does to with like how he takes care of his body, but whatever it is, he's definitely yeah. working. Well, part of it is that when he starts getting sacked, he just drops to the ground. He's not going to try to stay up or anything. Take He don't take yeah, those Take hits. the sack, move on to the next play. But the the other thing I love about what he's doing is the fact that he's getting his whole offense in the right places at the right time. Just continually does that. And then with Gronk there, he's going to do the same thing. His whole career was with the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady era where you're so detailed that you're borderline insane. Now you bring two guys like that into that offense, and especially with a guy like Tom Brady, he's going to demand that kind of detail out of every player on that offense, not just the playmakers, but every single one of them. He's going to hold each and every one of them accountable, and he's going to expect them to hold himself accountable too. And yeah. it's just it's just awesome to see like Tom Brady goes to goes to a completely different team, and yeah, first couple of weeks okay. were rough. Now look at him. Got no question for you, Derek. Next to Tom Brady, as far as quarterbacks go, who do you think the, think is the next competitive? Like of of all time, or, or who do you like watching, or who do you like watching? No, in the oh, league in now. the league right now. Yeah, most competitive. Either, like, give me the answer for that one, most competitive, and who you think is the funnest to watch. Um, Funnest to watch is probably going to be Patrick Mahomes. And Just because on- yeah. his offense honestly, and all this honestly, stuff he does. competitive, I thought i got to go with Aaron Rodgers. You think? Yeah, the, re- the reason I do... It's between well, I could say Russell Wilson too, or or even Patrick. There's a lot. All like in order to play in the NFL, you have to be competitive. What the biggest thing about Tom Brady is he's 42 years old, or 40 years old, whatever. I don't even know, but whatever it is, and he's still out there, and probably in my opinion, the most competitive out there. Yeah. Um. I ain't even gonna lie though. One person that I love to see because he's pretty competitive is yeah, Philip Rivers. That's true. I love listening to him trash talk. You know, him and his all his kids and stuff, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of anybody else that Patrick Mahomes I ain't gonna lie though, as far as fun as to watch, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I love watching him play. Yeah, that's true. The dude just gives just it all his all every time, he, and you can't beat that. He's not out there to – I mean, he's out there obviously to win games, but he's yep. out there for fun. He looks like he's having a blast when he's out there. Whereas Aaron Rodgers, when he gets hit once, he's like freaking stone-faced. Or stone-faced. Like, he looks pissed. But yeah, that was just some yep. questions I had. Does right, that think end this does. episode? All right. Sorry for all the mm, choppiness. You know, this was a stressful episode, kind of, because lost internet connection a few times. But 
I'm not sure. Depends on how it goes tomorrow. We're for sure probably going to get the previewing week nine one out. But as far as the quarterback, uh, top five quarterbacks of last week goes, might need to hold it off another week. We're not sure. If it gets posted, I guess you'll you'll see it. But we'll decide. We'll talk yep. about it some more and decide. But, you know, keep sending questions and D- DM us on Instagram and stuff. And we'll talk to you guys next time. See ya.